0: Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church.
1: On today's episode, we are continuing the Gospel Pandemic Part 2.
0: Welcome back, everyone. How are you doing, Brian? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Good, good. good. It's
1: been a it's been an interesting week. I'm tired, man.
0: Yeah, we've had a you know, busy couple weeks coming back from the holidays, getting after everything and, you know, things are a little bit different with not doing some ministry things, but there's other ministry things that we're doing. Yeah. So yeah, there's actually a lot of other things going on. It's weird how you get in a routine and you're okay with that routine. But then when that routine changes, it can fatigue you a little bit until you get used to it. Yeah,
1: that's right. It's like, you just got to get into the rhythm of things before it, (laughs) it keeps wearing you out until then. But I
0: tell you, I'm looking forward to today. I always look forward to sitting down with you and talking about these things. Absolutely. Juices me up a little bit. Yeah, it definitely uh,
1: is a highlight of my week. I enjoy this and I Really hope our listeners are enjoying it and and benefiting from it. And so um, today we are continuing this this idea of the gospel pandemic. The fact that the the gospel should be spreading through us to other people uh, through discipleship and you know into evangelism. Mm -hmm. And uh, so today we're kind of talking about this idea of selection. Yeah. So so our
0: our... Our uh, resource is the Master Plan of Evangelism, and one of the things that the author brings out is this idea of selection—how Jesus chose His disciples, and really just you know what who they were and yeah. what the point of all that was. Mm. And so, you know, part of it was definitely part of, plan, of Jesus' plan to spread the gospel with with everyone. You know, He didn't shy away from mass evangelism we see right. that all over the gospel but we also see Jesus spending a significant amount of his time in ministry with a small group of people yeah he was going to uh, a, you know smaller groups of people to homes teaching but then also really traveling and focusing on the 12 disciples and then even really focusing on the 3 you know right uh, Peter James and John right focusing on those 3 guys and we see they were really key and instrumental in how the church grew and spread i mean all the disciples were but those guys in particular
1: yeah it's it is pretty awesome to realize that jesus you know again like you said he had a lot of followers and he didn't shy away from you know preaching to to masses but but really he poured himself into these 12 Specific people, yeah, and it's through those twelve people that uh, that Jesus changed the world. That's right. Like that's incredible. Yeah. And so that's what we're really figuring out. Like, okay, this is how Jesus did it. Um, so what what are the things that we want to take away from this in this like selection process? Yeah. Who, who are we trying to pour ourselves yeah. into? The
0: biggest thing is we look at the life of Jesus that he chose ordinary men. Yeah. You know, he didn't come and go to the scribes, the Pharisees, the the priests. None of those people were chosen as his disciples. Mm. He went specifically to these guys who were many were fishermen. Matthew was a tax collector. You know, some of them we don't know their profession, yeah. but we can guess that they were not um, high class, high society, uh, religious leaders. And Jesus chose them. Yeah, I mean, they didn't
1: matter so much that we don't even know what they did. <laughs>
0: right. I mean, he specifically went to them and said, hey, come and follow me. Yeah. You know, and it was just amazing to see this. And I, I really, if, if you just think about that for a moment, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, Savior of the world, ruler of the universe, put, his fu- the, put the future of the church and his really legacy of the church in a bunch of nobodies. Yeah. Why do you think that's so significant?
1: Man, I think it's significant to show two huge things. One, Jesus is powerful enough to do anything. God Mm. loves doing impossible things. He loves it all throughout the Bible. That's what, you know, it's like, uh, I'm going to make a nation out of a dude who can't have children, you know, like I'm just going to do it because I can do impossible things. So Jesus loves to do that, um, because he can, and, and it gets, and we get to see his glory through that. But also it just shows his love Mm. that he loves people who, who need it. You know, we ordinary, nobody's you know, we need we need God's love in our lives, and that's the point that he made us to need him. Right. And uh, so it's really cool that he came to us. Yeah. And,
0: I mean, Jesus came for everyone. We understand that. Yeah. But he also came for just ordinary people. That's right. I mean, especially ordinary people. You know, the first people that received his birth announcement— were a bunch of shepherds who were yeah. co- common people, yeah. and so you know a lot of times we think about the importance of and the significance of someone based on popularity or their position of power or you know whatever whatever we deem as their their significant. Right. God does not look at people in that way. That
1: way. Yeah. And I
0: love I love when He says you know He looks at, for instance we think back to David and He says yeah God doesn't look at the outward the out the outside of a man He right. looks at the heart. The heart.
1: Well and then that brings me to the think like I don't think that there really are people who aren't ordinary i think everyone right. is just straight up ordinary and it's funny because we're going to talk a little bit about how everyone is also special in yeah God's special eyes. right but like everyone is just ordinary we all put our pants on the same way as the saying goes right and and the thing is is what makes us different is either the lord exalting us or our own pride thinking right. that we're better than other people when we're really just not
0: that's right yeah so. yeah the bible is filled with story after story after story of average people that god saved and yeah. then god used Man, you go through the story of the Old Testament. One of my favorite books is the Book of Judges, for instance. Yeah. And you see how God used these people in the book of Judges in a mighty way. And many of them were just ordinary people that were plucked out to be used for God's glory.
1: Yeah, that's that's all of the stories. It's it's really cool to see that. So
0: So, so yeah, they so we see the disciples were chosen, and this really leads us down a path to say that as believers, that we were chosen we've been chosen by god to to bear his name and to bring him glory to be saved and to be his disciples
1: yeah that's so huge to realize and to know like god didn't you know stumble upon you one day and be like yeah I guess I guess you can be you know my child I guess I'll adopt you in no he he, from the beginning of the world yeah. from before time began he knew he was going to create you right. he knew all the details that he was going to make in your life and he knew that he was going to save you. He chose that. He, he did that on purpose out of his great love.
0: Yeah, we you. see, uh, he says this about both Isaiah and Jeremiah. There's two separate verses. He talks about choosing them before, before, uh, you know, th- you know, them in the womb, basically. Yeah, before they were
1: even, yeah, created really, yeah. And
0: then we also find this in the book of Psalms and the book of Job. So this mm-hmm. is not, this is this is a big deal yeah. that God knows us, God chooses us uh, even before we were born. And so God created us. He created the individual you, yeah. the person of you, the character, the person. I mean, God made you, and that means that you're special because you were created by God in his image. Yeah. As this individual person.
1: Yeah, and it's important to realize like all people are created in the image of God. We've we've corrupted that image in our sin, yes, but we are created in the image of God. So even the the worst of sinners, that maybe you're like that person's just, you know, the worst ever, and I can't think of them in any good way at all. Well, they're still created in the image of God. Right. And another thought behind this, for parents especially to remember, well, all of us, is that we were created by God and given to our parents mm, on good. purpose um and and also our children were given to us on purpose, right. This was done on purpose for a reason, and so sometimes we think, you know, why is this happening? Well, we might not always know the answer, but but God is doing something, and he's He's given you these people
0: on purpose, right. So, yeah, so we are special in that respect and we need to trust the sovereignty of God in that respect. You know, one of the my favorite verses when we talk about this is Romans 8:29 and 30. It says for those whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So we see that process of of God choosing, yeah. God saving, uh, and then ultimately the future, God glorifying.
1: Yeah, it's amazing how this has all been a part of God's plan. And, uh, and I just, I love knowing that. Um, I God God's always thought about me. Right. He's there's never been a time where he didn't care about me. That's right. Even when I didn't exist, he he cared about me then.
0: That's right. And you want to know the amazing thing, Brian, is that that we don't really know why. It's just because yeah. of God's sovereignty and God's grace that God used God chose chooses us, that he chose the disciples, that he chose ordinary folks. And it was all to just bring him glory.
1: Yeah. And for us to enjoy that glory. I mean, it goes, yeah, it's amazing how that works. It's just because he just is love.
0: Right. I tend to think that God would choose his people because of their weakness, because of their Mm. inability to do things on their own, because he wants to show his greatness and his glory. So he takes us for instance you know we've talked about this he takes us in our brokenness and our sin and he saves us and he does something amazing in our lives that we could not do apart from him
1: yeah that's i've heard a lot of pastors actually make that point in saying that you know don't think god chose you or saved you because of something good in you in fact you might you might consider the right. fact that he saved you because you weren't amazing and he wants to he wants to bring you up he wants to um, exalts you. So that's a big deal.
0: So this is important. This is truly a significant truth. Uh, we are, we are important and significant to the Lord. And really this goes to the heart of why your story matters. Yes.
1: We have to know some of these things. And see how they have worked out in our own lives so that you can tell your own testimony. You are able to tell your story to people. That's one of the biggest weapons in your arsenal, to use that analogy. When you're coming to people and trying to share the gospel, you want to be able to give them your story because it's probably... It's one of the most powerful things that you can give them to help them see the truth of this. Why is that, though? Why is it so important that that you have this ready?
0: (sighs) Yeah, it's, it's your story. You know, that's that's the point of it. It's that it's that God has done these things in you. God mm-hmm. has worked in your life. He has saved you. He has brought you to faith. He is discipling you. And so it's your story. And ultimately, no one can deny you and what's happened to you. It's, it's your testimony. Right. This is why testimonies are so important in the courtroom. Yeah. The court system is because this is what you've witnessed. This is what you have experienced and we use this in our in our court system because it, it, it is a truth that you believe and you hold to. Yeah. And so th- there's another story, though, you were telling or another illustration you were telling me about, um, you know, because these stories call people to to a point of action where they either right. reject what you're saying, reject your truth or believe your truth, right?
1: Yeah. One of the things I've seen people do, I think it was Ray Comfort. I, I could be wrong about this, but um, he he was talking to an atheist and the atheist just said, I don't believe in God. And he's like, well, you, you're not going to convince me there is no God. And the atheist was like, why not? And he's like, because I know him. And the atheist was like, well, that doesn't mean anything. He's like, well, do you believe that I'm married? And the guy was like, well, are you married? He's like, yes, I am married. And, and the guy was like, okay, well, then I can't deny that. And he's like, right, you can't deny that. And you'll never be able to prove to me that I'm not married because I know my wife. Right. I have a relationship with my wife, and no matter what you say, I will never stop believing that I'm married.
0: <laughs> that's right. And
1: so that's that's important even for our own just faith to, right. to hold on to. We this, know God. And
0: this is why testimonies are so important, because they will draw someone to a point to where they either accept what you're saying or right. they reject what you're saying. That's right. Now, they can't... Now, The 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 point is not for them to change your viewpoint, of course. But you're you're telling your your testimony, your story, and they can say, "Oh, I see that. I can accept that in your life, and know that that's happened to you." Or they say, "I I don't believe that. Right. I reject that truth." But it calls people to a point of action, and that's Mm -hmm. really what the whole gospel does, right? The gospel calls people to a point of action to either accept or reject. And so your testimony is so important in helping people come to that that point of action.
1: Yeah. So I think it's really important that we all kind of know our testimony, Um, take some time to write it down, maybe Um, be ready to share it. And one thing you and I were talking about earlier is um, share it with your kids. This could be a great practice for Mm -hmm. you. But I remember just hearing my parents talk about how they became Christians and knowing, okay, my parents weren't always Christians. They had, you know, a life before that. And, and now here they are Christians now that affected me Mm -hmm. as a, as their kid. Right. I didn't just hear what they said. And I just did what they said because they were my parents. I, I listened to their story as human beings and that, I think, can be really powerful in your family.
0: Yeah, and the testimony is easier than you think. It's literally three parts. It's your life before Christ. It's how you came to Christ. And it's it's what God has done in your life since and growing as a disciple. You know, if you want to see a really great example, you can look at Acts 26 when Paul is before Agrippa. He has a really succinct testimony of how he was killing and and imprisoning Christians uh, and they're or persecuting and, and uh, imprisoning Christians, how he came to faith on the Damascus Road and yeah. then what God has done in calling him to preach to the nations. And so, you know, we even shared our testimonies mm-hmm. on one of our other podcasts. I've seen people uh, go on Facebook and share their testimony in a short video or a, or a, a, a yeah. post. You know, it's it's so important that we know these, What what was my life like before Christ? And you don't have to go into like, D, I was the worst sinner ever, right. and I did. Da, 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 da. I mean, yeah. you can just say, "Listen, I was. I was not walking in God's way, and, and I was on a, a path of destruction." You, you can give a little bit of detail, mm-hmm. but. Focus on God, how God saved you out of that, and what, how He saved you. Was it at an event? Was it someone? Was it a church service? Was it someone in your life? Was it through a Bible study? What, what was that moment you yeah. realized that you be that that you became a believer?
1: Yeah, there has to be a t- a point where you know knew like I believe in Christ now, and it's uh-huh. not that you know the exact day, minute, hour, whatever, but but you do know that there was a distinct difference from before and after and uh that's an interesting thing in that story with paul he he's telling his story to these rulers and one of them says he even says in a short time you might convince me to be a christian right right and uh and it's like wow that's that's pretty powerful right so now that you've kind of thought about this yeah
0: take some time write it down be ready to share right
1: yeah and uh and then think about who you're going to share it to Right, I think think you know that's the thing. Like, do you have some people in mind that you're like, I want to share this with? First off, your kids, your family members, whatever. Um, but then maybe people around you that you know. Um, that you have regular contact with, but that kind of brings us to our next thing yeah. in what Jesus was really looking for in his mm-hmm. disciples. People yeah, that he was pouring into. That's
0: right. So you've you are a believer. You've been selected by God as a dis- to be His disciple. Jesus chose His disciples. What what specifically is He looking for? What are those characteristics and those features that 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 makes someone a a really great disciple that is that is growing and fulfilling God's mission.
1: Yeah. This is a hard one because in one sense, we want to make sure we're not telling people, if you do these things, then you can get Jesus. It's not like I do this and then Jesus wants me now. Right. It's not that, um, but it's also not like, oh, I don't have to do anything. Jesus will just make this all happen in my life. It, it's yeah. kind of a balance of of humility mm-hmm. mixed with uh, love for Christ and wanting to live this out. Yeah.
0: These are outworkings of your salvation, That's not, right. not ways to get saved
1: right and so one of the first ones is and probably the most important one i think you would agree is teachability right you've got to be a learner if you are not willing to learn then that means really off the bat that you're you're really just prideful right if you think you already know everything that you need to know um then you can't follow Jesus. You can't learn from Jesus if you think you already know it all.
0: Yeah, I think that's why the vast amount of Pharisees and scribes rejected Christ because they weren't teachable. They didn't. There were only a couple that would sit under Jesus' teaching. They thought they were important and they had their own Teaching that they wanted to yeah to yeah teach you see people. in
1: most of the interactions with the Pharisees and Jesus they were not asking genuine questions they were trying to get into debates so that they could win right whereas Nicodemus is one of the few that we see who who really has a conversation with Jesus and wants to find out what he what jesus is saying right and that's a distinction that is very important
0: right and you know you look at the disciples sometimes they were a little dense and it took them yeah. some time but overall they were they were very teachable to to listen and to learn and to grow in their faith really in a in a short amount of time as they only spent a couple of years with jesus but you know As you said, teachability means humility and it means putting yourself under the authority of Jesus. So you're saying, okay, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life and I am going to learn and grow as a disciple underneath you. And that's hard for people. Yeah. That's really hard to humble yourself and to place yourself under Jesus' sovereign authority. And that's why there's not another element of salvation, but I will say that we are saved and justified but having the conversation of lordship salvation or or Jesus being our lord mm-hmm. is something that i had to come to grips with as a believer
1: yeah, no, I get, I would agree with that. I used to think, you know, it's just like, yeah, Jesus saved me from my sins. Thanks, Jesus. We're bros now. right? And it's like, yes, but also he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Right. So I don't get to just be like, sup, Jesus. It's, well, he is
0: now my master. Yeah. And I am I am living my life in service to him. And so that's a whole nother like mind shift. It's, right. it's not a different salvation. It's not a new thing. But it's part of our discipleship to finally understand I'm living for Jesus. He is my master,
1: right? And he's a good master. He's he's the the perfect master, um, who does happen to be your elder brother.
0: You know, it's right. all these
1: things that go together, and it's really beautiful. It's a
0: weird relationship, but it is beautiful. Yeah. It is
1: great. And so he's he's looking for this in us. We have to. That means we have to put the word of yes. God first. Jesus says, "You call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say. Um, that that doesn't work. You can't." Call Jesus your Lord and not put the Bible as a priority in your life. Yeah,
0: some people try to orient the Bible uh, uh, in their life. Like, here's my life, here's my circumstances, let me fit the Bible into that. And that's not the way that Christians need to think about the Word of God. We need to orient our lives, we need to have the Bible and then we look at our lives through the lens of scripture. So I'm saying, okay, what does the Bible say? Now I'm going to orient my life based on God's word. Yeah. Not the other way around because it's so dangerous when we when we do it the other way around.
1: No, that's that's so true and on top, you know, one thing I think people think of the Bible is like a really good inspirational text, you know, it's like here's my inspirational quotes and they're the best out there. That's true, but it's more than that. It's not just inspiration. It is your source of life. It right. is the food that you your soul needs to live. Yeah, don't
0: read verses. Read 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 books and chapters right. and you know try to read the books of the Bible so you can get a sense of what the author is saying and how uh how we're to think and and be and that will challenge you sometimes yeah. in your thinking. And it's not wrong to say, okay, I need to process this and wrap my mind around what the Bible is saying yeah. because it is a mind shift. And I've thought one way, and now I need to think this way. And it may take some time to get there. Yeah,
1: you're not learning if you're just. It's like being in a classroom and your teacher says something and puts it on the whiteboard, and and then it, and then you're just like, yep, cool. But you haven't really paid attention, right? Uh, at all. You haven't wrestled with anything that they said, and so you're not really learning if you're not really grappling with what's going on in scripture. And so that's what it means to be teachable.
0: Right. Exactly. So So the next component is relational. And I believe, and I know you believe this, that Christianity is relational by nature.
1: Yes. Well, and that's just what we see with Christ in the Lord. I mean, God... The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I mean, everything comes down to relationships. Right. Um, God didn't just create the world and walk away. He created the world and then, and then, you know, started after we broke it, started fixing it and mm-hmm. and putting Himself in relationship, even with His broken creation.
0: Right. Yeah, and, Jesus, uh, Jesus loved to just hang out with people. And you know, we talked about the the series, the Chosen. Yes. I really like that because it it displays Jesus with having such a great heart for people, like hanging out at a a party or hanging out with a group of kids, you know, just, I mean, he just loved people and he loved hanging out with people and having fun. And it shows Jesus as a person, having a, telling a joke, you know, or, or laughing. And and he just, he, I, I can, I can see Jesus. He wasn't just this, he was a holy person, but he wasn't this stoic person right. that walked around like i am so much holier and than yeah. righteous than everyone else right
1: no it, yeah we read it in such a sterile way it's like jesus was just like Never smiling, never a, right. he, It's like he didn't act like a human being, but right. that's not really it's what like the those Bible's vintage sang. Jesus videos. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> there is no hope. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus is not like that. That's what the world thinks Jesus is like, and sometimes Christians we aren't really paying attention to what's being said there. We're not seeing how Jesus is at this wedding feast and he's he's you know hanging out with his with his right. uh, disciples. And uh, and we forget that he was God in flesh, right. and so he was perfect, and he was a human who had fun and right. hung out and did things, and so yeah. he was relational with
0: people. Yeah, the question that the believers, disciples, need to ask ourselves is: Are we do we love people like Jesus did? Yeah. And, I, and I'll be honest, this is something that I've struggled with, and I have to constantly go back to this truth because sometimes it's not easy to love people. It's messy. Relationships are not easy. No. They are messy and you have to give lots of grace and you have to live out the 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 the, the you know the characteristic of humility. I right. mean all of these things, but but we have to love people because Jesus loved people.
1: Yeah. And and he just constantly gave himself. I mean that was the whole purpose of him being here. was to give himself for others. And uh and the way he was able to do that is he he spent time with his heavenly father. Right. And so we've got to be relational with God. That's right. First. And then we've got to be relational with other people. Love yeah. God and love your neighbor.
0: Yeah. And you know what? Really, there's no better way to evangelize than through relationship. Amen. And, and really, there's there's no effective way to discipleship without relationship. I mean, I can, I can give you a information download right but that is not going to teach you how to live and apply that to your life without you know it's like uh, I can watch you know here we go with our yep. workout illustrations right right, right I can watch a video online but when you and I go to the gym and, and you're helping me and you're saying okay do the exercise like this mm-hmm. you're showing me how to do it and then I'm doing it and you're helping me with my form that is teaching me and i get to apply that and live that out much better than just getting information dumped
1: and that goes back to the teachability even like your relationship comes in with teachability because sometimes you're in a relationship with somebody and they have to show you where where what you're doing is actually not what like you think you're doing it the right way but you can't see that you're not but because your friend who loves you is there they Mm -hmm. can say hey you're actually not doing that the way you think you are. Right. Uh, you need to change this, and you're like, "Oh man, I didn't even know that." <laughs> so that's really important. And so, what's that, the
0: third thing? Yeah,
1: that brings us to obedience. So that's kind of like the teachability, um, but it's it's like applying that. Right. So you hear Jesus, you listen, you read the Bible, but it's that don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers. So if you're a yeah. hearer, you wouldn't let it change your heart if it's changing your heart it's going to change your actions.
0: Yeah. Here's the reality if you read Jesus and right, currently I'm reading through the book of John again chapter mm-hmm. by chapter every day one chapter man Jesus calls his disciples to obedience. Mm-hmm. And um you know in fact he says if you if you love me if you love the father you will obey my word. Yeah. And so there is a there is an element to this. We know that we are saved by grace through faith. It's not through works. We know that for a fact. Right. But an outworking of our salvation should be obedience. That's right. If I say I'm a believer, but I live my life in total disobedience to God, chances are I'm not a believer. Yeah. I, I, I've walked away from the faith. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just it's one of those things that that obedience is really important to Jesus. He calls his disciples to changed the way they live, so now they're living by Jesus' words. And in fact, he tells us when we go to make disciples, teach them to obey my word.
1: Yeah. That's a part of the great commission that we often leave out go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the father, son, and Holy spirit and teach them to obey all that I have commanded. you. Right. And that's part of deciding part of that teaching. How do we obey? Well, we, we restart the process, right. Um, which we're going to come to in a second. But if we are not, like you said, I'm really just reiterating what you said. If we are not willing to do what God has asked us to do, that's like if, if, uh, husbands, if your wife, you know is exhausted and she's like can you please wash the dishes and you're like babe i love you but no like that that's not going to go well that doesn't mean you love her uh, that means you're selfish you know punk so that that's where we've got to see how this works out in real life
0: that illustration sounded really very real uh, just <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, sometimes I joke, you know, we joke around because it's, we like to make fun of that. That yeah. truth is like, no, I'm not yeah. going to. It's like, yeah. of course I am because I do love you.
0: Well, this goes back to Lordship <laughs> again. Jesus doesn't call us to to total freedom. You know, we, we like to say we are, we, we are free from sin. We are free from death. We are free from punishment uh, for sin. You yeah. know, we are free from the sin nature, right? Right. But we are called and placed under the lordship of of Jesus. He is our master. So when you have a, a master, you have to obey them. Yeah. And once again, just like you said, Jesus is a good master. He's the good shepherd. He's he's the great physician. He's the, you know, all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so we should want to obey him yeah. because he is all of those things and because of what he's done in our life.
1: Yeah, if you don't, and this is something that's really hard, I know, but if you don't want to love God and you don't want to obey God, you could be going through a dry spell. That's possible. You might be going through something. Yeah. Yes, but you need to pay really close attention to that. If you never, if you've never wanted to do what the Bible has called of you to do, um, you need to really get with the Lord and figure out what's going on in your heart. That's a serious issue. Yeah,
0: and you may be saved. You're just far from God. Well, you need to repent and come back to him.
1: That's right. But it's not something that you should ignore. That's right. And so coming back to this, you know, obeying and doing what he's taught us, he has taught us to make disciples. And mm-hmm. so part of this is multiplication. Yes. He's looking for people who aren't just going to receive information. He's looking for people who are going to receive information and then and then do it also. Do
0: you notice what Jesus did with the disciples? He he showed them what it meant to preach the gospel. Then he sent them out to preach the gospel under his uh you know sort of supervision. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And helped them to know what it was like to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And then as they uh, received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Then they went out and they were then sharing the gospel uh you know, freely. And it's just this amazing thing that these disciples made disciples. Yeah. Well, it's
1: like Jesus, his whole process, I mean, to put it in our kind of terms is like, you know, they received the instructions. They then shadowed Jesus. Then they were given hands-on training and then they were sent out to go and do it themselves. And, uh, and it's, you know, we do that all the time with lots of other things in our lives. We just don't do it with our faith. Right. Yeah. And uh, we've got to get this back in our in our lives. We've got
0: to be Christians. Must be about making disciples. So that's that's reproduction. That's that's sharing the gospel with someone, uh, or maybe it's someone that's never been discipled. Maybe right. it's somebody who's a baby Christian. Yeah, and you just see them and say, "Oh, you need that. They need help. They yes. need help to to grow in their faith." But discipleship is just this process of helping someone grow in their faith. And we'll talk more through the coming weeks of what that kind of... What that looks like, yeah. Yeah, what that looks like. But it's someone who begins to learn and obey, and they live out these truths. And so that's that's what it is. It's just walking with someone. You know, I've had people I've discipled, I sit down, meet with them once a week. And Mm -hmm. we go through Scripture together. We talk about life. We pray together. And... You know, I will maybe take them to hang out with them and do things, and right. so they see me living out my faith day to day. Right? Is that your premature experience? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, even in in simple things like is you know, in student ministry, I like to take some of the older guys who are like learning how to drive and stuff, and just have them hang out and change oil. And that seems like something that has nothing to do with discipleship, mm-hmm. but we end up talking about a lot of things,
0: right. and they get to. There's just even in changing the oil in a car, you can glorify the Lord. Right. Sometimes it's intentional. You're sitting down, you're reading the word. Right. Sometimes it's not intentional. It's and just it's just normal in life. the stream of life. That's
1: right. And so, for parents, as it's, you're thinking about this, multiplying yourself into your right. children is that stream of life sort
0: of stuff. It's like in student ministry, seeing them how, how you interact with your wife and your children. Exactly. It's huge. That's part that of the thing. That will teach them. Uh, as they grow, what a believer, what a Christian should should do and look like. I,
1: I had a uh, it's funny one of our interns uh, still jokes with me about this, but I had a, a friend tell me one time that he had a mentor who there was times where he would be over their house eating dinner and him, the mentor and his wife would, would disagree about something and it got awkward, you know? And so the, the guy who was there with his mentor wanted to leave. And the mentor was like, no, you're going to watch how we deal with this. (laughs) You sit down and you, and you see how, you know, two Christians who love each other are going to deal with this. And so I told that to one of my guys one time and he was like, okay. (laughs) And, uh, but it is actually really helpful. That's right. Um, To see that sometimes.
0: Yeah. So disciples are really not truly matured until they make disciples. That's right. Brian, this is is the hard thing for me as a minister, because we've got so many people that are sitting in our pews right now that are not fully matured Christians, because they do not know how or do not desire to make disciples. Yeah. You know, I have a personal goal. In each year, I try to have someone that I'm trying to disciple, someone I'm trying to 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 pour into. It. And sometimes it's one person, sometimes it's a it's a married couple, you know, right. whatever it is. But but I'm I pray, God, send me someone. Help me to reach someone yeah. that I can not just not they don't just get saved, but that I can spend significant time with to disciple. And I think that should be the prayer of every Christian. Think about this. If every Christian discipled one person a year, we could multiply in exponential oh, numbers it,
1: it would change the world it would change the world and and that's what we've that's isn't that i mean we want that that's we right. want to see the world changed by changed hearts through this through god's plan. And that you know so Jesus said to his disciples, mm. the harvest is plentiful mm. and the laborers are f- are few. So what do we do about that? We pray earnestly for the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So that's part of yeah. our prayer right there. Now. now, and that's why we're talking about this topic is because we are praying that you, listener, will hear this, hear our prayer and and be and be challenged by the Holy Spirit to go and make disciples. It's
0: heartbreaking that there are so many lost people out there and the potential. There are people out there that God has chosen to come to salvation and you know, they will, they They will, will. but we can be a part of that. We can join God in his mission. And we don't know who those people are. We need to be sharing as if everyone has been, has been chosen as everyone is going to be a believer, knowing that some will reject Christ, but we need to share and make disciples oh man, we got to be on this well, mission. And
1: here's the thing. I just thought of this. You might be listening to this and you're thinking, man, I love this idea, but I just can't do it. I don't have the the ability or the know-how or whatever. Here, here's the thing. If you're a believer in Christ, you are able to be a part of this process in right. some way, shape, or form. And so there is always somebody that you can be pouring into. There might not be, there, not every christian can pour into just any random person right. okay like what i'm trying to say is like i wouldn't take a high schooler and say hey you you love jesus so i want you to disciple this 40 year old right right i wouldn't do that but if you are in your you know 20s or 30s and you love jesus but you don't feel super equipped well i guarantee you I guarantee you there are middle schoolers out there. I guarantee you there are college students out there or people who are even your own age who just aren't anywhere near where you are. Mm-hmm. And so there's always a place where you can start doing this. So don't hear this and just write yourself off.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, and and if you automatically say no to this idea of discipling someone, then maybe you need to be discipled. You need to find... That might be
1: the part of the process you need to plug into first. Right. right. You that's need good. to find
0: a believer that will teach you how to do this. Yeah.
1: That's that's huge.
0: So the last thing that we look at is just... I, I wrote this down, faithful and persistent. This mm-hmm. is the idea of perseverance Yes. Uh, through through faith, and this is really the final mark of someone that is a disciple is that they're faithful to the Lord. They're persistent through through ups and downs, good and bad. We stick with our faith. We trust the Lord through it all. Right?
1: Yeah. It's it's essentially saying we're not going to give up, and yeah. it doesn't mean that. We're going to be perfect all right. the time or we're going to be great at it or any of that stuff. There might be times where we have to like say, Lord, I need, I need you know, I've been pouring myself out. I need to be poured into for a season. Um, right. I need to be discipled by somebody else right now, whatever. But... But it does mean that we don't stop.
0: Well, that's why I love the story of Peter so much is because he was one of the prolific apostles who had so much influence in the church. But there was a point in time where he denied Christ. And yeah. He had to be restored to ministry. Mm-hmm. And then as he went on, he gave everything, gave his life for yep. Jesus, was martyred and and. Ultimately, did not deny Christ. That's right, and was killed for his faith.
1: Paul, man, Paul was blinded by Jesus. He he was in the. I mean, he was so humbled, and he had to go hear from this you know random disciple that nobody had ever heard of before. He right. just pops up, and God just chooses this random guy. Says, "Hey, go to go to Saul, um, the guy who's been killing Christians, and I want you to tell him about me." And he's like, "What?" <laughs> and uh, and so he goes, and he tells Paul, the the one who would be this huge other pillar of the church, you know, and, uh, and, and everybody has a starting point. The question is, is, are you ever going to stop? That's right. And so just don't stop.
0: We must carry on. Jesus becomes everything for the Christian. And really that's the truth is because he is,
1: he is everything. He is everything. And we have to continue to see him as such. Right. So let's talk just let's end this by just saying families, what do you do with some of this
0: stuff? families. Oh, boom, <laughs> done. No. Uh <laughs> what is the application to families? Exactly.
1: What right. do we do with this stuff?
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest thing parents can do is just live as a disciple. Right. Take these truths to heart and, you know, live live this out with as a believer in your life. The
1: worst thing you can do is in your Christian life to tell your kids, do as I say and not as I do.
0: Right. Yeah. If you if you look like a great Christian on Sunday, but then through the week you're a jerk and you don't right. live for Jesus, you're just going to teach them hypocrisy. That's right.
1: That's right. So to live as a genuine disciple... Hear these things and, and really pray and ask the Lord to help you apply them to your life. Um, remind your children who created them and why. Yes. And the fact that he put them, put your family together on purpose. If there's
0: one thing you could teach children before they get out of elementary school is to teach them that God created them. They're made in the image of God and why he created them.
1: Yeah. The world wants to tell your kids they are the most important thing in the world. Um And while it is good for us to tell our kids that they're important, we have to tell them why they're important. Right. It's not just because you are the center of the universe. Within
0: the context of of Scripture, right?
1: Right. You're not the center of the universe. God is. And it just so happens that the center of the universe, the most important person in the world— loves you and cherishes you and thinks you're special that's so right. that's that's why you are that's right yeah
0: and then take every opportunity to share the gospel through the stream of through the streams of life you know here's the reality here's what's so cool brian our um our kids have come to faith we, we've had two out of uh four kids come to faith man praise and the they've lord been at different times <laughs> yes one of ours was, oh, yeah. was 12 yeah. when she came to faith she, uh a little bit more kind of she was one that has to like make up her mind. Like yeah. she knew and could articulate the gospel. But right. she. But when she got saved, I always said, I know she's going to be saved because it's going to be her decision. Yes. No one's going to convince her to do this. And yeah. so she just came to a point where she realized one night she just came to her mom and said, you know, I, I, I'm ready to make the decision. She knew her sin was wrong and yeah. wanted to repent of it. And it was amazing. It was awesome. Yeah. My other son, uh, we were watching uh, through through upward basketball, we watched mm. the evangelistic video through upward basketball, mm. and I just said, "Listen, I said, what do you what do you think about this?" And and we talked through the whole gospel, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I believe that, and I, I want to be a Christian." And you know, we talked about what all that meant, and he was, I think, maybe eight at the time. Yeah. So you know, it's just God ordains these times at, at different times. It's so, just so, random. Yeah, and so don't worry about you know, the age or don't worry about the timing, just be faithful in sharing. Cause I had shared the gospel many times with my daughter, many times with my son before that. And God ordained that specific time for them to come to faith.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's really cool, and and that's that that's really brings us to the last thing is disciple your children. Mm-hmm. Like, be intentional about this. Uh, that's what we're really talking about is to be intentional in those moments of time because it is so funny. It's it's just keeping it at the forefront of your mind, knowing that this is the most important thing about my parenting. The most important thing about my parenting is not that my kid makes you know six figures one day. It's not that my kid is popular. It's that my kid. Hears about the gospel and 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 one day the Lord radically saves them out of their sin. Right. That's the most important thing. Yeah. So we've got to keep those things at the forefront of our lives. And the coolest thing about this is in this process of selection, selecting who you want to disciple, parents. Well, guess what? God's kind of already made that decision right. for you. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Start and, with your, and kids. your family. Yeah, don't stop with your kids, but start start exactly. there and look for those opportunities and and plug into the the student ministry, the children's ministry, because there are many children, many uh students that don't have parents yeah. that are living in that way and they need they need godly christians that will disciple them and mentor them I
1: still regularly think about some of the the parents from my student ministry when I was in student ministry and kids ministry and how much I love them and how much of an impact they made on right, me. Exactly. Don't take that for granted. That's right. So so
0: this is what it means to be a disciple. This is what it means. You know, Jesus uh, selected his disciples. Mm-hmm. Uh, God has chosen you. Yes. If you're a believer, God has chosen you. That's a, that is an honor and a privilege, but it's, we're called to be disciples that make disciples.
1: Amen. So let's go do it. Let's Thanks do for it. listening. All right. We'll see you next time. See you next
0: time. time. <laughs> Nailed it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Nailed it. Okay. So then you just
1: bring welcome us back, I guess?
0: Welcome back.
1: Are we on right now?
0: Welcome back. <laughs> welcome.
1: <laughs> I don't know what's going on. We're about. on right now. Are we really? No. <laughs> okay.